Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Brian LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. And with that, we go back to our orthopedic clinic phone line, and we now welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire here to talk some more NFL and some fantasy. Joe, the time is always greatly appreciated. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to week three here. Absolutely, and of course, there are a lot of injuries to discuss that are going to impact fantasy. I saw you tweet about one of them yesterday, but of course, I've still I got to ask you anyway about the the Browns and about Nick Chubb and what it means. Kareem Hunt signing back to Cleveland, uh, the the fact that they should, in theory, be throwing more. Just what are all the implications there, fantasy wise, with Nick Chubb going out? Yeah, there's a lot to impact. But first, before we do this conversation, um, I, it sucks that yes. we have to do this conversation. Uh, Nick Chubb was my most rostered guy of first-round picks that I had this year. I had in four or 15 leagues. So this felt predestined because anytime I get invested in a first-round guy, uh, this happens. I just wish it was not this extreme. I think Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs uh, over the past decade, two decades, and I thought a couple more years of this kind of production, uh, Browns make a playoff run of some sort. He is a Hall of Fame running back, and I think he still might be if he's able to come back. But it is the big concern is if he is going to be able to come back. So it was really, uh, really disheartening as somebody that's really a fan of his game and really the person that Nick Chubb is as well, too. I loved that there was a, a pretty big movement, at least in the fantasy community, to donate to the charity that he has. Uh, you could really search that anywhere if you were uh, someone like me that was uh, sad to see Nick Chubb suffer that kind of injury. But from a fantasy perspective, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, we did this on the Roto-Wire podcast, and I think covered a lot of angles of it. Uh, we didn't know yet that Kareem Hunt was going to sign with the Browns, although the assumption was going to be that you know, he's going to rejoin his team. Obviously, he knows the, uh, the game plan and the, the scheme that Kevin Stefanski wants to do, yada, yada. Um, I think Jerome Ford is legit, and I, and I felt that way entering this season. Um, I had gotten a lot of Jerome Ford in deeper leagues as a backup, even if I didn't have Nick Chubb for this exact scenario, that if Nick Chubb were to be out, I think Jerome Ford is your starting running back. And I thought he proved it um, Monday night as well, too. It wasn't just that long 69-yard run when he went to the right and to the left, obviously, and uh, nearly narrowly scored a touchdown. I, I thought he was a proven pass catcher a little bit, too, and, and got that receiving touchdown um, in the loss on Monday. And I really am confident that he could be everything that Nick Chubb was uh, to like a 75 70% level. I really don't know if the Browns have to use Kareem Hunt. And I kind of think Kareem Hunt was available all off season, was available at all points during the preseason, would have likely signed for this level contract if it was offered to him. That the Browns chose to do it now does not mean Kareem Hunt is going to be the starter. I actually just think he's just some depth. He's a backup. And at times last year, he looked like he was done. Like It was not surprising to me though at all that he had not signed with a team because I thought of the veteran guys, and you include Delvin Cook in that mix that waited so long to get deals, <laughs> Kareem Hunt was on the lower end, uh, was one of the worst guys of that group. And I, I really am confident Jerome Ford is still going to be an asset, but it is it is dicey. Uh, it would have been a lot nicer if Kareem Hunt wasn't around because the familiarity uh, certainly just feels like something you can lean on if you're Kevin Stefanski. And to your point about the passing, I would agree with you. I think the Browns probably do need to pass more. Uh, if Amari Cooper is like officially healthy, that would be great as well, too. He really was limited entering Monday's game, and still I thought – gutted it out, uh, and Browns really probably should have won. Deshaun Watson has not looked right uh, in any facet. I think the Browns have to pass, I'm sorry, have to run until they get Deshaun Watson right, and I just don't know when or how 
uh, that really shapes out. Joe, we've seen a full game of Zach Wilson back under center again with the Jets. Um, and obviously it was against the Dallas Cowboys defense, an elite defense. Um, and so he did obviously struggle a little bit. But how do you think this is going to impact Garrett Wilson going forward? He was you know, kind of expected to be a higher-end wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers under center. But now that Zach Wilson will be throwing the passes, uh, where, where do you see Garrett Wilson being now in the mix? Yeah, Garrett Wilson was drafted among the top 16, 18 overall players in most leagues this year. The assumption was he could even be like a mid-first-round pick next year because Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball so much. and uh, he, He's on track for at least 1,200 yards. Like, look what he did last year with, with bad quarterback play. And unfortunately, we have to go back to, hey, look what he did last year with bad quarterback play because this is, is very bad quarterback play right now. I'm, I'm kind of interested in the idea that the Jets could trade for a quarterback, I know mentioned like uh, Jacoby Brissett was mentioned, but if you want to go further, like Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings were to go 0 uh, 3 and lose to the Chargers next Sunday, having played two of their three games already at home, that's kind of it already. I think for their for their playoff shot and Cousins on a one year deal, I kind of would be interested in that. You would have to give compensation to the Packers uh, to make that first round, second round uh, eligible pick become the second rounder that it was going to be. I don't know if the Packers would take all that much. It would be really interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they do sniff around the quarterback market because I think this will be the last week that Zach Wilson really could be uh, even considered a starting quarterback. I think Bill Belichick is going to really bully him. So I'm worried about Garrett Wilson a little bit, but I've seen people sell him just far too low. It's like we're acting as if he's never played with bad quarterback play before when in reality his entire career has been with bad quarterback play. He got four snaps of Aaron Rodgers. That was it. Otherwise, We've seen the song and dance last year, and Garrett Wilson was still a fantasy asset. Probably not top 16, but he was a wide receiver two or three. And I think it's just about limiting your expectations a little bit and hoping that you built your roster well enough to withstand uh, fantasy value loss, which is what I do think is going to occur here. Let's look at Cincinnati, Joe, and it looked like it was a double whammy for the Bengals to lose to the Ravens. Not only did they drop to 0-2 in the year, 0-2 in the, in the division, it looked like Burrow got banged up again in the second half of that one, and that calf problem could be a lingering factor. Uh, how does that change the dynamic with their wide receivers? We know Chase is one of the very best in the National Football League, but you've got a lot of mouths to feed in that passing attack, and, and I'm not sure that, that Burrow will be healthy enough to do that. What do you think will happen there in the, in the coming weeks? Yeah, that's a great juxtaposition with Garrett Wilson, who, again, I've seen people sell too low. I'm far more worried about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Chase, to a lesser extent, I think, uh, but Jake Browning, your backup for the Bengals and Joe Burrow, if Burrow was to miss time, that's that's really bad. I mean, that's that's as bad, if not worse, than Zach Wilson. Um, and I think you'd get very limited passing production overall. I'm trying to sell off T. Higgins in, in places that I can now. It's really interesting because if you're saying, hey, really bad backup quarterback, what would he be capable of doing? I think throwing up to the taller guy who can win jump balls feels a little bit easier than Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase is like a, a do-it-all sort of weapon, and I think you could you could manufacture schemed plays for him a little bit lesser than he could, I'm sorry, more than he could for T. Higgins. But that just makes me super nervous. If the Bengals haven't announced anything yet, I guess is is at least a little bit good. Um, they play Monday night, obviously, and I've watched that line go from two and a half now down, I think, one, one and a half in favor of the Bengals. If you were to say Joe Burrow wasn't playing or Vegas was sniffing out that he wasn't going to be eligible for that game, I think the Rams are favored by probably three points or more. So that's not that drastic of a line swing. 
says they they don't know definitively yet. But, but I don't know. It's it really is a tough spot right now. Um, I think if you're the Bengals, you need to win Monday night to have uh, playoff aspirations. And I would assume you'd try out Joe Burrow if he's even 75, 80% healthy. But I understand, too, you know, with the calf part being a lingering issue that has happened for now two months, essentially, you might just want to play it safe with a guy that you got locked down for a long, long time uh, and you know could be a really effective quarterback. I wish we had more details, uh, but I am more nervous about the Higgins Jamar Chase combo than I am Garrett Wilson at this point. Uh, Joe, the Broncos have started off 0-2 this season. I've, um, they, they struggled uh, against a, a Washington team that is, you know, kind of trying to find themselves. Um, but, you know, in terms of fantasy, is there any player on the team that's really worth anything at this point? Or do you think there is anybody that maybe they could find their rhythm? Maybe Russell is going to find find a rhythm or, or, you know, get Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy at any point involved in the offense throughout the, the season? Yeah, I actually think the answer was the person we saw explode last week, which was Marvin Mims. And I say that because Marvin Mims is significantly cheaper than Cortland Sutton or even Jerry Judy was. Jerry Judy, after his injury uh, late in preseason, was more like a sixth-round, seventh-round receiver if you were to do redraft leagues. But prior to that point, he was a fourth- or fifth-rounder. Cortland Sutton was in the eighth, ninth-round range. Marvin Mims, twelfth-round uh, and later kind of target, and someone that you could probably pick up on waivers pretty easily after he had a bit of a dud week one. If Marvin Mims is a factor, then Russell Wilson by default is going to have to be, because I think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton get enough and if there's three players getting enough, then the quarterback certainly is doing uh, his share. If you're to say Joe Burrow's gone and Aaron Rodgers is already out for the season, let's just say another quarterback gets thrown into the mix that's near the top ten uh, that gets injured. You had Anthony Richardson, had the concussion stuff, yada, yada. I mean, Russell Wilson probably is a low-end top 12 quarterback because I don't know. I mean, this is not uh, Aziz Averro, uh, the defense coordinator from last year for the Broncos. He's now with the Panthers. It's a completely different defense, uh, and I think they look – completely different despite having the same kind of personnel like i went in i went into the season operating as if all right sean payton's gonna make this offense better the defense was pitching lights out for three months of the season they're gonna do that again i it's clearly not the case you know patrick Sertan, i think already is one of the best covered corners in the league he is what people think sauce garter is and yet patrick Sertan can't do uh nearly enough to salvage what i think has been a defense has a lot of talent but is just not being effective so if the defense thinks uh, the offense isn't quite right. They're going to have to produce, keep trying to score points like we saw against the Commanders last week, and you get production just by default, even if you're trailing. So uh, I, I like Marvin Mims because he's cheaper, uh, and I think there's certainly a possibility that Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton could get traded midseason, and then Marvin Mims becomes very easily a wide receiver two or flex start every week. One of the big injuries in the first week of the season was to J.K. Dobbins and, and Baltimore. And, and, Joe, we've noticed that it seems like Baltimore going a little bit more pass-oriented, still running some of the, the read option stuff, still running some of that RPO, but, but Lamar maybe trying to transition away from running just so much. How does that affect his fantasy value and, and some of the other running backs, wide receivers, everything going on in Baltimore? Yeah, and the big key actually might be, at least for this week, that Chester Hill uh, was a DMP on today's practice report. There were some signs that maybe he would be missing um, Sunday's contest as well, too. So it would be just uh, Gus Edwards and then pieces, whether it be Melvin Gordon. They re-signed um, a veteran running back. That I'm, I'm, my name is escaping me, but I don't think he's super relevant. Just an indication that Justice Hill might, might also be missing some time, too. 
Yeah, I mean, this is Todd Munkin's offense now. I mean, that, that was part of the big sell for the Ravens. And if you were drafting Lamar Jackson and if you had confidence of Mark Andrews in the early third round, that, hey, they are not going to pass. It's not going to be using Patrick Ricard fullback slash defensive to tackle 20 snaps. You're going to do actually relevant 2023 offense, which is great. And what should have been happening five years ago, but the Ravens were stupid. And uh, uh, Harbaugh was really done with his coordinators, like a lot of coordinators uh, and head coaches seem to be in the NFL today. I, I'm excited, um, and I don't think that Odo Beckham's injury, he also was limited to practice or a DMP. One day changes too much for me. I think Lamar Jackson is one of the better quarter, uh, quarterbacks and pastors specifically in the NFL, and nobody really wants to talk about that. Uh, he's never been in a system that was going to allow him to showcase that consistently other than his MVP season. So, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. A Flowers sure seems to be uh, dynamic as well, too. I was completely out on him this year. I think it's something about the smaller receivers who are quick that I just can't get because I was never in on Debo Samuel uh, as well, and Debo proved me wrong immediately. feels like Zay Flowers is doing the same thing. I think Rashad Bateman's really talented, too, so long as he stays healthy. So why why shouldn't the Ra- uh, Ravens pass the ball a lot? they got a lot of great weapons, and like you mentioned, they're missing a few running backs already. So I think the scheme finally is tailoring to Lamar Jackson being a passer, and he still has that rushing threat, which I think now makes that offense one of the better ones altogether in the league. Are you in and out, or in or out, on uh, two Monday night games going on simultaneously? <laughs> uh, I am in if they're good games. I don't need to watch bad teams play other bad teams. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny Pickett and Bryce Young. You guys stink. Get them off my screen. Why do I have to watch Kenny Pickett again this week? We, we Three straight primetime games for late afternoon. He's awful. I'm done watching <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Can we please move past that? Uh, decision makers, no. I, give me good games, uh, good talent at quarterback, and not just hey, this defensive player made a big play. That's how the team's going to win the game. And yeah, I would be all for uh, two Monday night football games. It's better than two Thursday games. I guess I'd say that. Yeah, the the quality of play on Thursdays has always been rough, and uh, and also I, I feel you there with in terms of Zach Wilson. That's why I'm wanting just any storyline, whether it makes sense for the Jets or not. Like I don't care if they resurrect Matt Ryan or or do literally anything. Anything Carson wins, anything other than uh, than Zach Wilson for five more primetime games. He's Joe Bartle of RotoWire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. What do you and the fellows at RotoWire have uh, in store for the next couple weeks? Yeah, the the big day was yesterday for me. Obviously, the Jerome Ford situation, the Brown situation, probably going to be one of our most listened to waiver wire podcasts. Uh, you can listen to that anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search RotoWire Fantasy Football. Um, we talked about everything, you know, from, from fab budgets to wave wear priority. What do you do with Kareem Hunt if you were to sign? Stuff like that. So we got you covered on all angles. And then last night I posted my big betting sheet on Twitter. Uh, I go through every over-under, all the uh, totals as well. Talk about some best bets as well. I mean, that was trending pretty well uh, on the social media platforms, at least earlier, uh, earlier today. So uh, if you're interested in the gambling part of things or – even uh, just that I hate watching Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett. I did rant about that in the article, too. You can read about that. Um, and, yeah, we get more more audio stuff to come, Series XM on Friday and Thursday, um, which would be great. I like doing those during the game. We talk about the fantasy angle, but also for the game. So that's always fun. A lot, lot on tap this week. He's Joe Barnell of RotoWire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, again, as always, the time's very much appreciated. Uh, we hope that the primetime football is is better uh, this coming weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys.
That is Joe Barnell of Rotowire again with us today on Sports Call. We're going to take another time out. Back with more on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show right after this. <laughs> 